Mac Brown is feeling a way about the ACC football schedule, specifically his team, the Tar Heels. We're going to talk about why the old man has a little gripe. Is he fair in his assessment or is he giving get off my lawn type vibes? Let's talk about it on today's show. You are locked on ACC. You're you are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You'll see they didn't do us any favors. It really, really is difficult. We start tough and we finish with an unbelievably tough schedule. So I'm disappointed. I told them I didn't like it. I didn't think it was fair. That is fresh off the press from Mac Brown, head coach of the UNC Tar Heels, who is discussing why he does not like the 2023 football schedule for his program. And of course, there's always going to be feedback, good, bad, or indifferent. And as we roll through, we'll talk about more of that on today's show. But welcome if you're just Tuning into Locked On ACC podcast. We are here every single day, up to 30 minutes a day. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and available and available on YouTube. We got Kitten Gibbs here who has joined the show, who is going back on mute because we can hear everything going on in his world. And we also have the fact that, listen, at the end of the day, he's an NC State guy. He's going to give his opinion about North Carolina, and we're just going to have a good time with it. So, Kitten, how are you feeling? I have nothing to complain about, unlike some others. Life is good. Life is great. How about yourself, Candice? A hundred percent agree. I'm excited about football season. I think it's a great opportunity to see some of the returners as well as some new stars and rising upcoming guys get an opportunity to shine this season and hopefully get us to a national championship game. But there's a lot to discuss with Mac Brown out the gate. He's one of the seasoned coaches in the whole country and he's feeling away about his schedule. Is he already telling us that UNC is barely going to win seven to eight? Let's prep our minds. I feel like that's what he was trying to say. Absolutely. And I'm I'm confused. What is so difficult? What is so arduous? What is so treacherous about their schedule that he's looking up and saying, it's just not fair. It's not right. I don't know what's going on, but this is a conspiracy against me. These are the forgeries of jealousy that put together this here schedule. I would like to know what, what is the problem. Right. So I think, you know, it being the last two road games that they have is what's really kind of making it dicey for Mac Brown as they start out with South Carolina, which is going to be a tough go. We know Coach Beamer and the boys have had a nice couple games, popped up a few big wins last season against Clemson and some other upsets to boot. But now you end with Clemson on the road. You end with NC State as your final home game on or sorry, your final game on the road. And you got to play your arch rivals, Duke, at home. So three in a row, you're playing nemesis in so many ways. And I think that's probably what he's questioning. I mean, I guess. But even still, I just, this feels very, very making a mountain out of a molehill because they're not the only team to have a lot of these circumstances go on. They are not the only team in the conference to have Two road games be their final games. Wake Forest shares that distinction as well. They're not the only team to play 
a bunch of winning teams at the end of the season. Again, Wake Forest shares that distinction. Wake Forest's last four games are as follows. At Duke, NC State at home, at Notre Dame, at Syracuse. So what are we doing here? What are we doing? Well, if you know, Mac Brown is more of a media darling than Coach Clawson, and he's more than likely to give his little gripes about what he does or does not like. I think Coach Clawson probably feels the same way. He's probably going to put it in a nicer tone, but he probably also has a similar sentiments. But all I say, I go back to, I think it's just let me prep y'all for when things don't go well and we have Drake May maybe fall at the helm the last three games. I don't want y'all looking crazy because look what we have in front of us. Or, you know, he's just trying to say just – Get, get yourselves prepared in case we do light it up or in case do injuries happen. There's so many storylines you can go with, really. I don't know what show the, the meme is from where it's a bunch of people running down the hill and there's one swordsman who draws his sword out to defend whatever is coming from all of those people. But that's the attitude I want my head coach to have. I want my head coach to say, you. I could understand if there was something in season that had happened or in the bowl game that had happened or something along those lines that has you feeling or something that has transpired that has you feeling like that. The schedule just got published, baby. The schedule just got published. Hey, listen. Yeah, sure. We got to play them. They got to play us too. We got one of the baddest quarterbacks in the land. We got one of the best quarterbacks in the land. I'm all right. We may be replacing some DBs or whatever the case may be. We'll be all right. We'll have it figured out. I don't see no, how you can complain about don't, starting. Don't oversell it. Don't 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 sell us a dream. We we've been down this Carolina road before. Don't sell us a dream. Don't tell. Well, I get it, but well, don't. And and here's here's my here's my point about that. Mm-hmm. It's not about the media. It's not about the fans. Sure. It's about to me. It's about the players. It's about you know we we have a uh, saying in in um in the Murphy Center, which is the athletic complex where the NC State football players work out. Forget everybody but us. Forget everybody but us. Now, forget is replaced by a four-letter word that rhymes with muck, but it still starts with the same letter. The reality is simple. There is no reason to be, oh, I can't believe the schedule that they've drawn. I'm sorry. Who scheduled South Carolina for y'all? Was that a y'all thing or was that the conference? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Min- the, the conference made y'all play Minnesota as well. No? Okay. Okay, so the conference just gave you all just the, the worst draw in the world in terms of the teams that y'all play in conference. I mean, boy, can you imagine? Can you imagine what type of team would be expected to beat a mighty, mighty Syracuse Orange team? That was one of the first in NCAA history to have both a six-game win streak and a six-game losing streak all in one season last year. Oh, my heart goes out to thee, poor Mac. Oh, can you imagine being asked to beat a Miami team that's retooling, a Virginia team that even before the tragedy had occurred last season, it, they still looked horrible? Oh, poor Mac. They, they just, Oh, they have it out for Mac so badly. I... Oh, well, our heart goes out to to the man. What the the immense odds that he's facing? What a great time! What a what a we hope that he can find it in his heart to muster up the courage to play all the games. Are you done with your monologue? I'm just saying it's embarrassing. It's honestly embarrassing if you ask me. <laughs> Thank you for the dramatics. I would love if you would explain. Again, I'm I'm very simply of the mindset that when the schedule comes out, hey, great, cool. I, we know who we got to play now. Great. 
I don't yeah. I don't see anything beyond that. I don't see anything beyond that. If you feel like you were wronged, if you feel like you were shafted, whatever the case may be, you go to your team and you tell them, hey, y'all, this is clear. They don't want us. They don't want the boys in baby blue to be rolling through that ACC championship again. They saw us do it last year. And all of a sudden, we're one of two teams that is ending the season on two road games. All of a sudden, we've got this schedule that is just ridiculous against us. They don't want us back. They don't want us back. They don't think we'll be back. They think that we're going to go back to the status quo of mediocre football here. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm looking around this room, and I see a bunch of bad brothers that can get me back. I see a bunch of bad boys. I see a bunch of dogs. I see a bunch of folks that's going to hunt and get us back to where we are. I don't care if they scheduled an actual team of Grizzly Bears, the 85 Bears, Bama, and NC State on the road, Clemson on the road, Wake Forest on the road. Everybody and their mama on the road will figure it out, and we're going to get ourselves back to that ACC championship. And you know what? Why not us to go compete for a national championship? That's again, that is what I would want my head coach to say when he sees a schedule like that. I love the stray that is mediocre football, but you know, we can let that one go. Anyway, we know that you guys are nice and ready to hear about who else has some really good schedules going on. We're going to talk about some season openers that could be more, you know, enticing than one could say. You know, Duke has been having quite the season. They open up against the top dog defending champions. We'll talk about that more. But first, I want to remind you guys about our friends at FanDuel, our new sportsbook partner. Download FanDuel now so you can bet the Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. FanDuel sports app, it, sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash uh, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So we're rocking and rolling here with Kenton Gibbs of Locked on ACC, Locked on Wolfpack at times, and we're talking through season openers. And, of course, there are some that stand out really well for the group. And, listen, you've got some Chick-fil-A kickoffs. You've got some already conference opponents. You have some SEC opponents that our fellow teams will face. I think the first one that jumps out to me, of course, is that Clemson and Duke matchup. Having Duke September 4th face off against the defending ACC champions in Clemson, I think it is very telling and very much a like a, hey, were you guys a fluke or not a fluke for the Blue Devils? Oh, absolutely. And, and I would implore everybody to not overreact to week one, as I always do. In week zero games, I would implore you all to not overreact because if you are a Duke fan, if you are a Clemson fan, whatever the case may be, there are two things that can be true here. Duke is better than people gave them credit for. That's a possibility there. Or Duke is worse than they their record showed last year and they just benefited from playing in an awful coastal. Those two of those things, one of those things could be true. Both of them could be true. But the reality is I don't want anybody saying, oh, my God, the, the ceiling is peeling and and every everything is falling down around us based on how that game goes and that is a very interesting matchup because you're going to see a little bit of you know that 
I again, I don't want fans saying this is what would have happened if the the coastal teams had to play in the Atlantic schedule before. I don't want that happening. It's one game. It's one game between two teams. Let this game be representative of how Duke plays and how Clemson plays on that day. Although I do expect Clemson to uh, have their way with them per se. Well, how would playing Duke be indicative of the coastal and Atlantic? Because the Clemson played North Carolina last year. They also played other coastal teams and I think that Duke is going to do a lot better than people think. I think it's about time we give them some respect. Like they ain't, you know, scrubs. I don't think Riley Leonard is a joke. I think that that defense is pretty good. I think bringing in Tyler Santucci from Texas A&M certainly helps matters. And I don't think this is going to be a rollover. Like you said, first game of the season. We saw that last year with FSU and LSU. It's going to go a lot different than people think. Not indicative of the whole thing, but certainly not going to be a walkover. You know, I, 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 we can disagree there. Uh, I think that Duke will keep the game close early, and then as time goes on, it'll kind of that lead may balloon a little bit. But I do want to talk about the rematch of the matchup you just talked about in LSU and Florida State because that is a game sure. that will not just have implications uh, in conference. That's a game that will have national implications, right? Because LSU was a a member of the SEC championship this past season. And so if Florida State can pull off another um, win against LSU or if if uh, Florida State finds a way to dominate LSU and then they go on to particularly maybe possibly not have the best season, I mean, that says a lot about this conference to say, hey, everybody said that, you know, it just means more in the SEC and and the only reason that the SEC doesn't do great in bowl games is because they're so great that all their players opt out. Well, they ain't opt out for game one. Now, I don't know nobody that's opting out for game one. And um, it, it's clear that they they uh, still got beat here. So we that's an interesting game that could have uh, national implications. And one that I think is going to be a measuring stick for these two teams, which is kind of interesting because we don't know where either one of these teams really are right now. Mm-hmm. Are is the uh, Georgia Tech and Louisville game. That's a game that I'm looking at. I got my eyeballs on and I'm saying, hmm, what's going on here? Who's what are y'all gonna look like in year one under your new coaches? What are y'all gonna look like? Um, Georgia Tech in particular with a new quarterback. Malik Cunningham is back, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is what is Georgia Tech gonna look like with a new quarterback uh at the helm, with a new coach, with a new system? What are what are they gonna look like? And you know, I think that that game is certainly going to be a litmus test in terms of just want to how the season's going to roll have you turn things around especially for a louisville and having brahm and someone who's been a part of the louisville program can you restore what people are used to seeing in terms of greatness for the cardinals i will say the game that i'm like that's certainly a choice virginia and tennessee virginia at tennessee which i'm like that's a choice you know i think god everything that's happened with them it's been tough, but that's certainly an opening choice when you have you canceled two of your last final games. Now you're trying to get things back, you know, on the road and get everyone get everyone back to getting in football mode. That's certainly a choice and have that as your first game. Tennessee was one Hinton Hooker injury away uh, from trying to tell you from potentially being a national champion or or at least at least a New Year's Six Bowl uh, champion. and Well, actually, no, they did win a New Year's Six Bowl last year. So They beat Clemson. Even, even without Hendon Hooker. Yeah, the, in the orangest orange bowl of all time, they beat Clemson. Absolutely. Uh, so, Virginia, 
What you doing, big dog? Y'all strapped for cash over there? Y'all need a, a payday game? What's going on? Because uh, that's going to get ugly. That's going to yeah. get ugly quickly. <laughs> Certainly a choice, especially with the loss of Brendan Armstrong, and that defense is just Swiss cheese. And so it, it's it's certainly a decision. Now you also got teams that have pillowcases for their first, like, very soft, fluffy, marshmallow-type openers, Northern Illinois for Boston College, which you would think would be a gimme, but you never know with our boy Jeff Halfley. You also got Colgate with Syracuse, Miami versus Miami of Ohio. You got Virginia Tech opening its ODU, which is not a gimme. <laughs> we have learned ODU and Virginia Tech, not a gimme. I was just you about all- to say, you can't put that game in the, in the soft You can't put that pillow game. That's, that's a hard pillow. That's a prank pillow right there. That's, okay. that's the joint that uh, you – That's you a trap to- game. You you lay your head down on it and you find out it's filled with shaving cream because that that one is not the pillow that you want to lay on, baby. A thousand percent. Wake Forest will take on Elon. NC State will take on UConn. Pitt will take on Wofford. Now I sit there and say to myself, okay, I'm evaluating a Wake Forest and NC State team, teams that are used to winning seven, eight, nine games a season. Listen. Play somebody a little bit harder when you open up. You want to, you want to talk about strength of schedule. We're talking about being in top twenty-five and trying to do all the things, put ourselves in position to be top ten program. Blah blah. blah. I argue that you make may want to start a little bit harder. Just saying. I mean, both of those teams. I feel like both of those teams have schedules that more than make up for those early seasons. Like, yes, opening game at UConn for NC State, but then you have Notre Dame coming on in the rally. So, like, that's. Like, yes, that's your opening week, but that's more so like a little, you know, I'm going to touch you up, get get some reps in, see how things work, keep the playing real vanilla and all that. And we'll, well, that's we'll, an, to me, that's an excuse because are we sitting here saying, I mean, I'm saying this for Wake Forest as well. That's to, it feels like an excuse, especially when you're trying to say our program is delineated from, you know, what we're used to seeing in like those gimme games. We're trying to set ourselves apart. Who's, what, who said they was done doing gimme games? I was just asking. I just feel like we're done with gimme games. Maybe not. No, 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 no. Whoever told you that is a uh, lie and the truth ain't in them. At the end of the day, these folks know that both of these programs, every program in the country, really, they know that it's all about getting the money, putting butts in seats, all that good stuff, being a big draw. You don't get to be a big draw by playing super tough competition and getting your brains beat in early. That just ain't what it is. And both of those teams are going to be starting new quarterbacks from who was uh, who were their guys last year and both of the guys that they lost from last year to this year are guys who are all up and through their record books. You know, they ran through the record books like Tomb Raiders. And so now with those two being gone, I mean, you want to see that for your, your first game. You want to see a nice, soft, comfortable landing spot just to get your first official action of the season and then down the line play some tougher teams. Although I will say Wake Forest schedule, I mean, they – Again, the conference made it tough on them at the end, but in terms of their out-of-conference schedule, you're right. Elon, ODU, those two really don't inspire much by way of like, ooh, I'm shaking in my boots. That's a tough time for them. A thousand percent. So we talked all we can for today on football. We'll go more and dive into the rest of our football conversations tomorrow, but we do have some really big but basketball games for the men's side of things happening tonight. We've got Clemson taking on Boston College. Go ahead. Just one quick thing. I forgot Vanderbilt in their out-of-conference schedule. Again, another shaking in my boots team, another Brainiac game for the uh, for the for one of the teams that's in the Brainiac uh, for the Brainiac grouping of, of rivalry. So, yeah, the, again, Wake Forest doesn't have a tough schedule. 
by like who they're playing, but how things are set up down the stretch, they'll have an opportunity to prove themselves as worthy if they are. Great. Anything else? That's it. Great. Talking about basketball here, Clemson will take on Boston College tonight at 7 p.m. We got to talk about the fact that Clemson has had some close ones of recent. They've been able to pull away. But at the end of the day, Boston College could be a trap game for them because, you know, there's nothing better than to be hungry and try to beat some of the best in the conference. And that's certainly what the Eagles will try to do tonight. If the Eagles keep this game close, we should all be disappointed in Clemson. I know that Clemson has had some close games as of late. I know that they've had some moments that may not inspire confidence. This is not a good Boston College team. This is a Boston College team that needed an absolute implosion by Louisville at the end of their game in order to pull away. So, and actually, I believe they trailed Louisville for a good chunk of regulation. So, uh, yeah. Hundred percent agree. Virginia Tech will take on Miami at Miami. The Hokies are this very unpredictable team. I never know what I'm going to get with the Hokies. I've been trying to buy in, but then you tell me to, you know, sit down, and then I say, all right, I give up on them, and then they come away with some upsets. So it's just like with the Miami team that you don't know either how they're going to be. It's going to be a toss up. It's going to be a really good ACC matchup for sure. There are multiple teams tonight playing. That there's that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in them, and as always, Miami's key. Get off to a hot start. Get off 100%. to a hot start. Don't play around. Don't wait around and say, we'll figure it out in the second half. Get it going now. Get it going from that opening tip. Do not play around and, and try to figure it out because, again, this is a Virginia Tech team that can and will beat you. This is a Virginia Tech team that when they're when that three ball starts falling for them, you're in trouble. So I wouldn't play around with them if I was Miami. Don't play with the food. The battle of the big men, Omier and Mutz, will be a really good matchup, so we'll see how that transpires. The final game for Tuesday night, we'll see Wake Forest take on Duke at Duke. It's been a long time since Wake Forest has won at Duke, and we all know that the Blue Devils want their lick back from the time the Demon Deacons beat them at Joel Coliseum, which is in Winston-Salem. So will the Demon Deacons be able to beat Duke, who are still without Derek Whitehead, who is out for tonight? And, you know, listen – you never know what you're going to get with Duke, but I will say they're very good at home. Absolutely. And Cameron, that is a different team. With that being said, Wake Forest has a chance in that they spread the ball out and they make it hard to isolate who's the best player, who's this is the player that we want to stop and shut down. And also they're very good at an up-tempo game and Duke's guards can get lured into running at a game that's not your pace. They can get lured into playing a game that's not theirs and looking up and, and finding out, oh, my God, did we just lose at home to a Wake Forest team? And also, this Wake Forest team is desperate for this win. They need this win at this moment. So we'll see how that goes for them. And then we shift gears to Wednesday night. We have three great games as well. Pitt will take on North Carolina in Chapel Hill. North Carolina looking for their look back, lick back, looking for their revenge game, trying to get back against Pitt, who upset them earlier in this season, but certainly not the same Pitt team that this North Carolina team is used to seeing. They almost beat them last year, and they were a really bad Pitt team. This year they're actually halfway decent with Blake Henson and the boys, so I think it's going to be a toss-up. Can we see some consistency from the Tar Heels? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the the reality is very simple for the Tar Heels. They're, again, you're going to play through Armando Baycott. You're going to play through the bigs, make smart decisions, get to get to your spots, get to the rim, draw fouls. That's what this team needs to do 
in order to win. When people talk about Caleb Love's shot selection, I think the biggest problem that people have with it is just a lot of very passive away from the rim, falling away type of shots and all that. And again, that's not North Carolina basketball. There is a reason, there are multiple reasons that there is such a wide chasm between them and the second place team in terms of free throws in this conference. It's because they play through Armando Baycott and they attack the rim. 100%. Georgia Tech will take on Louisville. Battle at the bottom here. You know, we're just looking for one conference win from Louisville. Can this happen against Georgia Tech? Possible. They've been in games. <sighs> I'm just praying for the boy. I just, I hope everybody has fun. This is a hope. I hope everybody has fun game. That Louisville coach might not. They they playing in Atlanta, correct? But no, they're playing in Louis at Louisville. Okay, well that's good. That's good because I was gonna say he might not make it back. He might not make it back if they, if this one gets embarrassing. If they lose this one by double digits, if they were on the road and they lost this one by double digits, they might tell him, "Hey, you got to Uber back to Winston, baby. You you can't get on the team playing home." I'm sorry to tell you. But uh, that just that dog ain't gonna hunt. This Louisville team has just been brutal to watch. Brutal, even when they're going good, even when L. Ellis is stroking it, and then this looking like a they're finally gonna get a conference win. It's just, just collapse. Know. They collapse. It's you collapsing. Just, exactly. You just know. As sure as the sun rises on the east and sets on the west, Louisville is gonna fold like origami. They're gonna fold like hot clothes. They're gonna fold some way, some shape, somehow, and end up losing the game big time. Well, honestly, that boils down to mental, right? If you're able to make create runs, if you're able to have leads in games and you don't know how to finish, that goes to me to your mental. And that's something that they're going to have to overcome. And that's a coaching issue if they cannot finish games. Final game. That's why I said the coach might not be. That's why I said the coach might not have made it back if they was in Atlanta. You know, at least now you get to walk back to your crib or, you know, it ain't, ain't too far to go. Very true. Florida State will take on NC State to round out the weekday games. We'll have. The pack playing at home against a decent Florida State team, but obviously one that they should win. And then when they go 18 and five, it's time to start putting them in a top 25 conversation because this is a gimme game, but they have to get it done. This is a trap game. This is a trap oh, game yeah. if I've ever seen one. Florida State is playing much better, much better than their record would indicate. And they have the length that can make it hard on DJ Burns. And with that being said, that iso ball, that no offense offense, that get it to T and Jarkel and let them figure something out, uh, it can get kind of hairy. It can get kind of hairy. And we've seen this Florida State team playing above their heads in multiple games this year. They just haven't been able to finish. But, again, if you keep being around in those games, if you're not an awful team, at some point you trust that team to finish off one of those upsets. This could be that game. NC State needs to be on upset alert. A thousand percent. And then you even look at the women's games Thursday. We have some really good matchups that we're going to touch on here quickly. Virginia will take on North Carolina. Pitt will take on Duke. Wake Forest, Florida State, Notre Dame, Boston College, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, NC State, Georgia Tech, Miami, and Clemson. So that is your Thursday slate of games. Which one stand out most to you, Ken? I mean, this is the point in the season where pretty much every game matters so much. I'm looking at all of, I'm really looking at all of these teams. And I know that that's very cliche and very boring to say, but I believe the difference between the first and the fifth team is what a game and a half, two games. Like we are literally one bad week away, one good week away from the right program away from the standings looking completely different than what they look like now. So it's, Oh, we it's, it's a, it's amazing to see that at this point in time in the year, 
this women's con all of these women's teams in the ACC conference that have been so dominant so far, it's it's just a, a round robin at this point because there's a cluster of teams that are right there ready to take this thing. I think Syracuse of Virginia Tech would stick out with me most because I think with De'Asia Fair and with uh, Kitley, it's going to be a really great showing with two top performers having a really strong year. And with Fair, especially for Syracuse, kind of handling that rock nicely and putting up some really big numbers these past few weeks. I think that also Virginia and North Carolina, North Carolina can't get caught up in a matchup playing at home, they just have to keep doing what they're doing. But every game you could argue with teams that aren't ranked, which literally is like a ranked or non-ranked team happening this week, you say to yourself, don't get caught up. Don't get trapped because you can make the case for every single team here in the ACC except maybe a couple. Uh, well, for sure, for sure. But again, these are these are all games where, again, you're looking at all of these teams and saying, hey, Notre Dame is on a bit of a skid. Boston College has played, pulled off some huge upsets this year. Duke and, and Celeste Taylor, how do they react to finally getting some respect nationally and being in that conversation? North Carolina is being discussed as the best team in the conference now. How do they handle that? Are they mature enough to look at that situation? Can Deja Kelly and company do what needs to be done to continue their momentum? NC State, you've got a game that should be easy. But again, shoulda, coulda, wouldas. If ifs was a fist, we'd all be drunk. And the reality is this ACC is very sober because you don't know who's going to come out and beat you on any night. So this is, again, this is a, a great time. These All of these games have very, very big implications for the most part. So, again, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see if Olivia Miles have a bounce back game. I'm excited to see how Lassen performs and if she continues to put on a, a strong case for ACC player of the year. I'm excited to see what's going on. Uh, all around the conference in terms of women's basketball. A thousand percent. I think there's a lot of good games like we mentioned, but tomorrow we got to talk a little bit about Notre Dame because Sam Hartman is their new quarterback, but they are going to face some of his old foes. So we're going to talk about Notre Dame, who, which ACC opponents they'll be facing in this, this 2023 football season. And we'll talk about how we think they'll fare, especially under their new quarterback leadership. So make sure you come back tomorrow. We'll have all of that for you as well as the prep for the 2023 season. Are the schedules bad for some? Are they better for others? All of that will happen on the show. Thank you for joining for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs.